Yes, sir. It's the Devil's Buckler Podcast, where, of course, we are your hosts over here, Adam Armbrecht, breaking down the Brooklyn Nets on the Locked On Nets podcast with my boy Doug Norrie and also the New York football giants. No, they did not sign Saquon Barkley to an extension <laughs> on the One Giant podcast with Andy Mack. He is Danny McDonough. 20-year season ticket holder for your New Jersey Devils and a man that decided for once he'd class it up on the show. Yeah, Thanks. what happened to you? Oh, no, you're all right. You're in. Well, but we're the same exact thing. <laughs> Tell you what he didn't do is bring an attention to detail, but that's okay because yeah. we're going to dive in on a couple of off-season notes, something that um, I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't know existed, but now I'm very excited about that the Devils are going to be involved in ahead of the season in September. And we're going to take a look also at where expectations are around mm-hmm. the NHL for this team and whether or not that could impact how a lot of these young players perform early on. But first, we go down to the uh, the training camp. We have the young kids playing, and Seamus uh, Casey is out there. Seamus, we've been Seamus. Told. I said I want I wanted you, to be you keep wanting to so say Seamus. No, you know what? I want to be a Seamus. Oh, because yeah, that yeah. is an Irish-Scottish <laughs> name, which I don't think he is, but it would be nice if it was. Seamus Casey, he, um, it's interesting to watch some of these young guys and think about where the Devils are right now. Mm-hmm. Young players like Luke Hughes, like Nemec, right? a lot of guys we talk about that are going to be factors here, we think. Mm-hmm. But then there's this other little wave coming in behind them. Um, when we think about Casey, who actually played with both Luke Hughes and Edwards at Michigan for mm-hmm. the Wolverines, He's talking somewhat confidently about what he wants to accomplish here, and there's, just, there's a little bit of a buzz around him in the camp. He, he's a great player. You, we know he's a great player, you know, just watching him at Michigan, obviously different levels of competition as you, you know, grow up and mature through yeah. the rankings. But, you know, he's showing us that he is going to be a phenomenal player. You know, it's, it's all a matter of his development. You know, we can't expect him to be like a Luke Hughes or be like a Nemec, obviously very different types of players. But, you know, Casey sees himself as a very important player player in the future for this devil's organization you love to see the confidence as well which we've seen from other prospects too you can turn that microphone around just so we make sure that the speaker is directed towards you anywho the bottom line i do agree why did i do that nobody knows for sure we don't have to talk about the mistakes i made last episode when we look at him as well (laughs) casey i think so he was interesting second round pick 46th overall back in what 2022 right so when you look at him I think the biggest concern, and it's not about him individually, it's about where he fits on the team. Yeah. He's 5'10, 180 pounds. Yeah. That's to me the biggest concern of for a young player that wants to find a role right now with the New Jersey mm-hmm. Devils, is you already have some slight of frame, lighter weight guys like Aluke Hughes playing on the defensive lines there. Do you see it as being difficult for a guy like Casey to carve out the role? If you're good enough, you're good enough. Let's be honest. Well, look at look at Jack Hughes, for instance. He got a lot bigger as mm-hmm. you know he grew up and he got a little older. Um, let's face facts here. I'm an inch taller and 22 pounds heavier than him. You know what I mean? That's pretty scary to think about. In the Maybe sense. there's a chance. He he's a very. What was that movie with uh, Dennis Quaid, the rookie? Remember, he was a yeah. pitcher. He played for oh, the Tampa Bay Rays. He was yeah. old as no, it wasn't a good movie. It's terrible. But no, when we when I'm, we were young, it was a good movie. Oh sure. What I'm like, you could be that guy. Now you're never gonna, you're not gonna get on the ice for the Devils. Obviously, you're not gonna get on the ice even at the age. You're not gonna get on the ice at your local hockey rink. But I'm saying, but that's not true. There's a world where you could be that old guy that Uh, thinks he could do something athletically. This is this is pretty tough on me, man. Now back to Casey. Um, We should we should have a challenge. You know, that's we're gonna have a challenge this year. We're gonna get you on skates because Adam never really played ice hockey. You know, I played. You know, obviously in men's leagues and things like that. Play club hockey. Um, what other you know, mom. Where are you going to play? 
No, I played in the men's league. No, I know. What were you playing in the women's league? I, I What's mean, the alternative? <laughs> you're playing in the. I mean, you're trying to say, sure. like competitively, like. Oh. That. But my challenge this year, we're going to get you on the ice. Okay. We're going to get you on the ice. I, I want to see, and we're going to video this, and we're going to have a good time with this. I actually think you'll be pretty decent. I think because ah. you, you can ice skate, right? Sure. You cannot ice skate. What's what's to suggest that something I haven't tried to do in twenty seven year, thirty year, thirty two years, I have not attempted to do that thing? But I bet my instincts are. Oh, you, you were like six when you did this. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. And by the way, the last time I ice skated when I was doing it was on a pond down the street from my house. I don't know what we're talking about here, uh, but I'm confident. It. Yeah, I'm a no, natural athlete. Fine. You no, were but talking about Casey, though, I think. And then you went a little bit on a No, no, there. listen, Casey, he's, he's 5'10", 180, like you're saying. He's going to get bigger. He's going to get in the gym. He's going he's gonna to grow as a player physically and mentally, obviously. But he has a unique set of skills that you saw at Michigan that he can bring yeah. to this Devils organization. I think it's going to take him a little longer to develop in his camps, in his prospect camps and things like that, to get to you know, the NHL level. I think Luke Hughes and Nemec are obviously different types of players, and we're going to see that coming up this year. Still not sure if Nemec's obviously going to make the starting uh, the roster, but, you know, they're, to me, a little bit higher class, obviously, than you're going to see Casey. Casey's right there, sure. and he has a lot to be excited about. Um, I just still want to see a lot more, you know, from Casey. Obviously. Of course, but it's just, and so that this is the old like. If you've watched the show, you follow the podcast. I just get excited, young guys that are developing. I'm like, hey, maybe they could be. And I just think what's important, maybe the biggest note about him. We're also going to talk about Villain here mm -hmm. as well. Is just that the the Devils are doing the both and here. They've taken that big step forward. They're ready to compete now. They want to be deep playoff run hockey. And they also have a pipeline of talent yeah. coming in here that's going to serve them well because you can't keep everybody. Like we're seeing that happen over the course of this offseason. Mm -hmm. We're going to see that going forward. On Villain, before we move our attention over to another uh, veteran signing for the Devils, as just a note around the team, we talked about him last episode, fifth round pick 2021. I'm just giving you the quotes from this kid as he's mm -hmm. in camp. I just want to be the steal of the draft. My goal is to be the bet, my best in training camp and hopefully make the roster i want to earn a spot on the roster yeah. his goal right now whether we think it's going to happen or not is to be on the roster for the new jersey devils this season one you have to love the bravado you oh, have love to love it. the, the love confidence do you, what where is the likelihood of that happening for a player like him for for valen who's a young kid that has this hunger is it valen or villain you told me villain before we started valen Go on. We're, we're gonna, we should have like a course with just names, you know? There's a lot of tough ones Linguistics, out there. yeah. <laughs> but listen, he he's a player that you love to see has that confidence now. Yeah. As a fifth-round pick, knowing that people are talking about him on social media. For sure. Devil's organization, everything around it, they're talking about him. You know, he's turned a lot of heads. And listen, you know these kids are on social media looking at what people are saying. You, you just know what's happening. You know that they hear what's going on. So it, it's knowing that there is that buzz around him. Now he wants to prove that buzz yeah. is worthy. You know, he wants to prove that he is that player that people think that he can be. So listen, it, do I think he's going to make the roster? No. But do I think that, you, you know. You want a kid that thinks he can make the roster. No, but right? like, you know, barring like crazy amount of injuries and everything. And then him coming up in the ranks, you could see something like that if he does well. I'm just knocking on wood there, no. barring injuries. You know what I mean? I mean, hundred percent, and it's just—it's good to see that, and we'll be—it'll be a fun player to watch. And I guess at a minimum, you wouldn't want a kid to say, "Yeah, I don't know," you know. I'm yeah. trying my best. 
But honestly, I don't think I have a real shot. You you have yeah, obviously to be a player. Right? You have to be, think that you can do it in order to even have a chance. And to there's do it. and there's the fine line, obviously, between arrogance, confidence, and sure. just complacency too. And, and to see the the confidence that's exuding from a lot of these younger players, I think is a testament to what the NHL team is right now. Yeah, the fact that we played phenomenally and overachieved, we think, you know, last year, and now have the mentality that we are going to be a contender for the cup. These young kids that are in training camp and that are in the prospect camps, they're like, hey, man, you know, we can do if these guys are doing it at young, early 20s, yeah. late teens. Why can't we do it? Incidentally, and this isn't a good way, but it's funny to think about the Devils having the success they had this past season ahead of schedule. Mm-hmm. It may have actually changed the way the organization was thinking yeah. about these young guys in terms of, yeah, maybe some of them will come up. Maybe we will move off of some of our veterans in the second year as we think we're building forward, right? Instead, all of a sudden, they go, oh, hold on. Right. We can be competitive. We do want to keep some veterans in here. We think that our window is actually opening up maybe a year or two earlier than we anticipated. So that probably plays a factor, too, in a great way. Yeah. Quick roster note, as we mentioned, just waiting for other little moves that are going to happen. Two-way deal for forward Chris Tierney, mm-hmm. one-year contract. He played with Timo uh, last two seasons yeah. in San Jose, 29 years old. We just mentioned about having some security blankets here. Sure. Um, he, he, he's, been in a, he's been in a Stanley Cup Finals on a roster mm-hmm. across his career. How many games he's played total at the NHL level? He bounces up and down. Um, I, I just like it. I, I think the yeah. same way we talk about having young players that are developing that maybe could get a call up at some point. I think it's good to have, just like at the pro level, I want to have a veteran sure, that I know is giving some balance and experience down there. He's played with great players, you yeah. know, in, in his career. He's 29 years old. You know, he hasn't had, you know, the turn-your-head crazy type of season, obviously, for, uh, for a kid that's 29. But right. I think it's a $750,000 deal, if I'm not mistaken, something so. around there. So, listen, it's a great depth signing, and I think an important depth signing on a two-way deal, 100%. Yeah. Let's talk about then, um, before we get into the expectations for this team right now, which only seem to be getting higher Mm. in the offseason, the Devils are also going to participate in the Prospects Challenge up in Buffalo. This is normally, they're not always involved in this. They've been another team folded in. Buffalo hosts it. They have uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins are in there. Ottawa Senators. Ottawa Senators are in there. Bruins. The Devils are going to be a part of it as well. September 15th to the 18th. Some chance. We're trying to be representing the Devil's Puck Luck podcast awesome. up there and giving you some firsthand accounts of what's going on. This, I think, is really fun and important because it's going to be all the young players. Yeah, It's just an opportunity to see not only how they stack up, because I think beyond that, it's an opportunity to see the other young talent around the league. And a lot of these guys have crossed paths at the collegiate level. Sure. They've crossed paths at the AHL level. I think this is fun. Like This is the kind of thing that teams should do more often. It's akin to what the NFL has completely gotten away from with preseason games, Mm -hmm. but now they start to do shared practices, right? Crossover scrimmages. I think it's just important, even if it's at a fun level, to see these guys play together. Mm -hmm. The prospect challenge is awesome. It's like you said, it's a great way just to see this young, talented roster, you know, all the prospects coming up. To be involved, I think, is a great thing, like you said. You know, especially we're going to see Ottawa Centers, too. Ottawa Centers are one of the youngest teams in the league as well, and they have a very, very, very good young roster as well. So, it's going to be exciting. I think that there should be a lot more things in the NHL, similar to the NBA and similar to the NFL, mm-hmm. you know, how they kind of structure, you know, their off seasons. Yep. You know, it's, there was a couple of people on social media that actually brought up, you know, the NBA summer, summer leagues, yep. like should the NHL do something, you know, that's similar to it. 
I don't necessarily think the NHL should have all their star players in that summer league. I think it be, should be more geared toward the up and coming, the prospects. You well, know, and that is, yeah, so summer the summer league, league like is structured that way, essentially. It's, it's all the rookies, usually. Some of the higher profile ones won't necessarily play, you know, top end draft picks. Sure. But then you also get kids that are in that 22 to 25 range. They've maybe played the G League level. They've been called up for stints. And you're trying to figure out where you're going to sure. fit in. By the way, like, just a reality here about the prospects challenge and about the idea of doing something additionally if you're the NHL. It is about making money. Oh, sure. Like, it it's is. about revenue. It's about giving. But, but it's about making yourself a year-round sport. And, yeah, that's hard for hockey, being a cold-weather sport. You know, even these arenas, yes. in the off-season, in the heat of the summer, it does take a lot more to keep the, the facility running, to keep the way it needs to be. But if you did selectively, now Vegas would be arguably the worst-case scenario in the summer, but go to Canada, right? Like, go someplace where the weather is still going to be relatively cool, give a good opportunity, and give a great experience for the fan base. That's what I think as much as anything about these young players and seeing them, it's just give another touch point for fan bases mm-hmm. to come out, to meet players, to see some young talent, and sure. just to have some fun. So I think it's important for growing the sport of oh, hockey yeah. overall. Similar to this too, maybe just doing like a tournament, you know, just a, a quick two-week tournament, you know, with the younger prospects you- and everything, or picking like five to ten prospects from each organization and putting it together in a tournament. The problem is obviously, like you said, the financial aspect. NBA – um nfl mlb obviously there's gonna be a lot more money there just because of the sports and how they're structured obviously um but it it would be fun you know and and i think it's a way like you said maybe just have like four different regions with a tournament and uh you know the championship in a different location very interesting to think about like there's a couple i mean this is a complete tangent here but like the idea of okay each team sends you know two or three of their young talented players that you like and it's a skills competition. It's akin to an all-star game, but with a little bit more incentive, mm-hmm. right? A little more three-on-three action, whatever it is. But a way that that minimizes what the lift is for teams individually and then maximizes what yeah. the exposure is. So there, there's some real things there. Maybe that's something we talk about in the offseason because um, it is something you want to see grow. And as you mentioned with other professional sports, it's just it has to be on the scale that makes yeah. sense for what the league is making from a profit standpoint right now. Not for nothing, but these are the things that obviously we're going to be talking about during the offseason. We're going to be with you all offseason, too. We want to make sure everybody knows that we're going to be here the whole time. So, listen, if you guys have any ideas, any thoughts, you know, on different types of tournaments, offseason, games yeah, you can do with prospects, it, it'd be cool to see what people think on that. And not to mention, we have some big news coming up probably at the beginning of next week that we'll be announcing. Um, and then, uh, additionally... I think we are going to do, I don't know if we've mentioned this on the podcast, Danny and I have talked about looking back mm-hmm. at some of the best games this past season for individual performances, overall team performances, historical performances, right? This is the opportunity as the Devils are ascending in this moment to go back and think about the different eras of the team when they had that almost season, yeah. the one prior, and then the next year was that extra big mm-hmm. step forward for them. Let me ask you one more quick question because now you got me on this. The NBA just announced this upcoming season that they're going to be doing an in-season tournament. Mm-hmm. That's all. And it's going to be, you're going to play, it's going to be folded right into the regular schedule. It's going to play towards your overall season record. The NHL is very much akin to European soccer in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. If you think about it fundamentally, if you want to try to introduce someone to the game, is there any world where you think that, that the NHL would benefit from doing an in-season tournament that's rewarded with a trophy? Because that's what the NBA is doing. And while... It's being speculated it's a pure money grab for the NBA. For the NHL, though, I actually think like it would be a money, it would be money-based as well. But I think it would actually benefit them in a different way because it'd be like, hey, give playoff intensity hockey for a sample of games throughout the year 
especially for maybe like the smaller market teams, for teams that don't draw big crowds, they can actually increase this opportunity. If you're a back-end league team, you might be able to spike profits over the course of the six extra bonus games. It's an interesting conversation. You know, it's something I've actually thought about too. I think that if they do that, it has to be... That was my thought. It almost has to be... (laughs) It almost has to be like an Olympic break. You know, it's where you have... There needs to be time in between that, you know, and you worry about injuries, you know, you worry about... But you about, fold into a regular season. So it's going to count towards the regular 82, season Exactly. That's what NBA does too. NBA, everything that they're doing with this upcoming, with their schedule is, I think it's a total of six games throughout the season. They all count towards the 82. The only additional one is the final, which would be an 83rd game for those two teams. Those stats don't count towards the season. All the other stats, everything else goes right into the record. So it doesn't change anything. It's a very soccer-esque type of thing exactly like and, and, and nba it's yeah, like you know well. everyone always talks about they should have relegation it's like you know leagues aren't sending teams down once you've established that you're making professional level you know income it's, and, and it's interesting why not you know exactly. it's, it's it's why not see what happens when you do it it's it's cool because it's going to be more hype towards the nhl season you know kind of like how the nba is going to have it and for the nba it's a little bit different right because there's players that are going to sit out to get some time sure. so now if you structure the schedule correctly around this little mini in season tournament and you know what you do as well this is we're, we're, we're making history right now this is great you go ahead and you do that tournament in the first half of the season and the finals and semifinals and finals are at the all-star break everybody gets time off the league gets time off a couple of teams you know four teams will play an extra two games at that all-star break and that's the only difference here and then you just adjust those team schedules accordingly right because at the, at the all-star break the way the NBA does it now as well, by the way, at the All-Star break, they reset where they want certain games to be played. The schedule doesn't get released until that point. So if you participate in the semifinals and finals for the NHL in this in-season tournament, you don't see a game for the first week coming out of the All-Star break to make sure you also get that rest. If they did that, that'd be like two, three seasons ahead. They'd have to really prep and prepare for that. We do it now. We start in October. That's going to be a very tough thing. For the NHL to do, I think. I'll figure it out pretty quickly. I'll go ahead. And <laughs> it's I'll, cool. I'll Listen, it, it's a great topic of conversation, yes. you know, because there's a lot of different things they can do. And like you said, obviously, hockey players, European players, they're very keen to what is going on in the yeah. soccer world across the the world. You know, so it's it's interesting. I, I think it's a very, uh, I think it's a good idea. Last note. Now that we know how smart I am, the Devils right now. What's the projected point total for them this upcoming season? Because the question becomes, are they starting to put the NHL at large too much pressure on our young and exciting roster? It's, I always, I sometimes cringe when I see a lot of people across social media and listen, there's so many great devils pages and everybody who covers the devils, you guys are all phenomenal. And it's great to see not only the NHL growing, but obviously the devils organization having so many different podcasts and different, you know, Instagram, Twitter uh, accounts, but I get a little nervous when I see 128 points for the Devils, you know? So it's these expectations mm. are, are pretty crazy. Mm. Um, you know, it, it's I get to the point where we're making, we're putting so much pressure on these young kids. You know, they're seeing it. However, they're professional hockey players, so we can't think too much into it. However, 128 points would be absolutely ridiculous. Um, is it possible? Anything well, yeah. possible? How many wins would that need to be? It's a lot of wins. With man. reasonable ties yeah, rolled in there. You're as looking well. like 60 wins. Yeah, what's the um, well, so, what's the big yeah, deal? You know, it's 58 that's, to 60 wins. But it, listen, but it, now, it, but now how do we how do we think it impacts this team? Because that's kind of I think the more important question. Hey, outside expectations, good for you. Do you think any of these players, because we talked about this last time, pressure, Jack Hughes needs to 
he needs to be better this year, mm-hmm. even if not statistically. You know, he needs to be a better overall game. We don't want to see those lulls in the schedule where the Devils go through long losing streaks. We want them to be consistent. Is there going to be a weight on their shoulders now of expectations? It's such an individual type of question, right, per player. Mm-hmm. As a whole, I think they're going to be fine. Right. As individuals, you're going to see, obviously, during the season if they're pressing too much. I think it goes back to leadership. Is Nico being the leader of this team is obviously going to help that. I think it helped tremendously last year. And Jack is going to step up into that role of being one of the main leaders of this team. You know, and it comes down to, listen, we know what we're supposed to do. We had a great season last year, but you cannot go into any game. I don't care if you're playing – you know, the Coyotes, I, I don't I don't care. You know, you have to go into it thinking that they're one of the best teams in the league as well. And you have to play your game no matter what. You know, you can't go into say, oh, we're definitely better than this team. We're going to beat this team. You know, and it's easy for us to sit here and say that it's not going to affect them, but it's hard to know, you know, and, and we'll see when actually the season starts. Yeah, and that's going to come down to, I think, honestly, early in the season, it is about certain players that are considered young, but are veterans of the team, Jack Hughes. Sure. Um, but then I think you look at the true veterans that statistically doesn't matter what they accomplish over the course of an 82 game season so much as their roles are. They need to be the guys just like this yeah. past year. Be leaders for the young players. You're not necessarily a leader on the ice. You're a leader in the locker room, right? About consistency, about yeah, being methodical. Absolutely. And let's be honest, a lot of these guys, they've now been through this grind. So yeah. even if you are young on paper, you are old by terms of experience. So it's really important, I think, that everybody has that push and, and impetus to say, look at, by the way, Fitzgerald going to and be like, hey, look what, I did things to make this yeah. team have a much higher bar of expectations entering this season. Everybody 100%. has a sense of that. And, and you have to remember, too, it, it's for me, and we've talked about this, I think the Devils are going to be competing for the number one in the Metro. I still think Carolina and the Devils are going to be neck and neck to the last two weeks of the season. You know, I, I think the Rangers are going to take a bit of a step back. I think they're going to be the, the first wild card. But, you know, it doesn't matter. Like we talked about last year going into playoffs. You play well at the right times, going into the playoffs hot, that's all that matters. You know, competing for that number one spot in the Metro should be our goal. Not getting 125, 130 points, competing every single night in and out and basically working to get that number one spot in the Metro. Yeah, so much to me is less about the point total this year and about how the team looks game over game. Because because in our minds, and and, and Devils fans' minds overall, it is about the playoffs now, right? That's the difference here. Mm -hmm. Last year... And even in years prior, right? It's just the idea of like, let's get better. Let's show growth. Like, let's show that, t- that certain players are, are improving in key areas. Then you make the playoffs. Then you win the series. This year, it really is about what are we going to accomplish in the playoffs, which is a different mentality for the players and for the team, because that means the regular season really is about defining, refining, mm-hmm. and, and cementing who you are as a roster individually and collectively. So different different mentality, different approach to this upcoming And we season. say this all the time, too, with such young players. you got to remember, every, every single fan has to remember across every single team in the league, young players are going to make mistakes. They're going to make some blaring mistakes that are like, wow, that, that was really bad. It's learning from that and, and being able to grow from that. Listen, Kevin Ball is a prime example. He did not have great games midseason for the Devils, and he came into last season toward the end and dominated. He dominated against the Rangers in that Rangers series. So, you know, players like that are learning from their mistakes, learning what type of game they have to play 
to accommodate the Devils being a winning team moving forward. And frankly, it's why I think, you know, we were on not different sides of it, but I always, when it came to Lindy Ruff and messing with lineups, et cetera, I always came back to, yeah, like mix and match. Like it's all right. I think the fan base struggled with that at times to accept it, especially when the changes didn't look like they were working. But I think you have to continue to roll through that to give these guys a different feeling, a different combination, and maybe allow a player that's struggling to rebound and even a player that's playing hot. You got to say, thanks so much. You've had your hot streak. We can now build off of that with you. I need to find out if another guy can get on that type of role. And it's going to be just like that this year too. I I think there's nothing. Prepare for it, guys. Yeah, we we can't (laughs) expect Lindy Ruff to just change his coaching style. You're going to see changes in lines. You're going to see. By the way, you know what's going to happen? I'm saying, listen, you have to expect it. It's what goes on, et cetera. The second that Lindy Ruff comes <laughs> at Luke Hughes, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem yeah. for me because for, there's going to always be a guy for me where I go, yeah, if he's struggling, he has to play through it. You never, you don't take him off the ice. You let him have those growing pains because of what I think he can be. So there'll be dozens of players like, oh, it makes total sense. I, I totally get why they're doing this, that, the other. And then they'll touch Luke Hughes oh, and pull him mad. off. And I'll be like, well, there we go. Now I, gotta, uh, I, I know. know you're going to get mad. I could see it so, happening now, but. That being the case, though, um, good good episode, I think. I don't know. You guys can let us know in the comments. You follow us over on YouTube at Devil's Puck Luck Podcast, obviously. Over on Twitter at NJDevilsPL, at Danny the Face, at Adam Armbrecht, at Devil's Puck Luck on Instagram. As Danny mentioned, we're going to be here throughout the offseason, probably an episode per week as things kind of break down. And we're going to start to do some looking back a little bit historically over the Devils. I think setting individual expectations for the upcoming season matter. And one thing that you don't get to do in the regular season is maybe go back and like study film a little bit mm-hmm. more on some of these players. I think that'll be a lot of fun to do, even on a guy like Luke Hughes, right? Sure. You can try to tell me to acknowledge the areas where he struggled, right? And not have me be blinded by some of those really impressive moments that he had. So we're going to talk about all those things and you need to be uh, supporting us so we continue to grow it. And as I mentioned, next week, really big news for the podcast overall. Very excited to bring that to you. Um, and until next time, uh, Danny, what's what's your what's your quote going out the door here? I'm just thinking about the movie The Rookie. I'm going to go rewatch it and see if it was really that bad. Mm. <laughs> just like uh, Dennis Quaid. May the devils be spades on the ice. We'll see you next time.